chapter 2. I know last week I um, kind of jumped into the back end of the chapter and uh, wasn't planning on teaching out of it uh, at all. Uh, I was just kind of uh, giving a Bible study last Wednesday morning um, <clears throat> in between uh, Christmas and New Year's and just got to digging around a little bit throughout the chapter and looking at where we are. And uh, I think I want to spend the next uh, couple of Wednesdays uh, digging into Philippians in chapter 2 um, and then maybe go from there. So we'll see. Philippians chapter 2, we'll look at verses 5 through 11 this morning. 5 through 11. The Bible says here in verse 5, uh, kind of a pinnacle verse, I would say. The Bible says, uh, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. Being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven, of things in earth, and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for all that you've done. We thank you for who and what you are, for the many blessings you've given us all, for the traveling mercies, for the safety, for the guidance, the grace. Uh, Lord, for the answered prayers, Father, we even ask you and thank you now, dear Lord, for the, the prayers that are yet to be answered, Lord, the ones that are being delayed for your glory, your glory and for your purpose. We, we thank you for those today. And Lord, I just ask that you to take this Bible study this morning. Help us apply it into our hearts, dear Lord. Help us lift up the name of Christ. And Lord, I just want to ask you today as we give precedence to that name, that it's exalted above every name, uh, Father, we pray today that we would remember that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he is in our hearts today, that it is only by the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ mankind can be reconciled unto the Father. And Lord, let us be mindful when we pass souls on the pavement, when we see people throughout the day, dear Lord, let us be mindful to present that precious gospel both in word and in deed, in Jesus Christ's name, amen. So in verse 5, guys, the Bible tells us here, it says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in uh, Christ Jesus. Now, this is a direct reference to the attitude of Jesus Christ. And again, this is not a, a, a continuation from Sunday's sermon or, or even an addendum to it or anything along that line. Uh, but it does kind of fit the nature of what we are talking about on Sunday, especially with addressing the theme and how you develop a legacy of living a life worth leaving. And so I don't want to kind of belabor that point. We're going to leave that for, uh, for Sundays. Uh, but we find here in verse 5, Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, to be this reference to the attitude that Jesus Christ had towards service and obedience. Look in verses 7 through 8 yet again, where we see the cross-reference to verse 5. It says, But made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of of the cross. So we find that our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the mind that Paul is seeing by inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God, this is not his opinion, uh, this is not his thoughts, his words, uh, but it is the impressiveness of the Holy Spirit of God upon his soul to write exactly what is here, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, which is the mind of a servant. And Paul is making the same 
reference with you if, you, if you will, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16. He says, For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct you, but we have the mind of Christ. My friend, if you want, that doesn't mean that you are all-knowing. It doesn't mean that you are omniscient, anything along that line whatsoever. It simply means the mind of Christ, when he was on this earth, was the mind of a servant, an obedient servant. He took on himself of no reputation. And again, I, again, I said that I'm not going to belabor the point, and I really am not going to. But as I mentioned Sunday, guys, if anyone who has ever existed in the history of mankind, for the 6,000 years of mankind's existence, if anyone had the right to make life about himself, it's the creator of all things. It's Jesus Christ. If anyone had the right uh, to come down here and make his entire life about him, it is the one who spoke everything into existence by whom all things consist. It is Jesus Christ, and yet he did not. He gives us this pattern, and Paul says let. That word let is simple, guys. It means for you to allow. What does that also tell us? That means, that tells us that we can reject it as well. I mean, the Holy Spirit of God can be rejected. He can be rejected. He's rejected every single day. Jesus Christ was rejected. He was rejected as the Messiah uh, by the leaders. He was rejected uh, as the Lord. He was rejected as the Savior of mankind. So the Holy Spirit of God and Jesus Christ can be rejected. And you say, wait a second, uh, but they're all powerful. Yes, they are all powerful. But I'm here to tell you this morning that the Holy Spirit of God is not going to push himself upon a soul that does not want him. Amen? That is a Calvinistic view. It is a damnable heresy. It is a doctrine of devils. If you think today that the Holy Spirit of God is going to save a soul who doesn't want to be saved, not happening. It hasn't happened in the history of the Bible, and it's not going to happen in, in, in a day forward. You have to willingly choose to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Amen? And so we need to understand today, as we look here in these, these few verses, We'll begin to understand that we need to allow in our life, saved, born-again individuals, allow the same mindset that Jesus Christ had, that same mind of a servant, okay? And how do we do that? Well, let's look at his pattern. Look at the pattern that he left. Look at his, uh, what do I want to say? Look at his focus, if you will, and what his choice was in verse 6. Verse 6 tells us, says, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. And again, we've already read verses 7 through 8 and understand who, who he is and what choice he made. But who is Jesus Christ? The one who chose no reputation, the one who willingly came and, and lived a life of, of a simple servant, if you will. And, and he took on the form of a servant, was made in the likeness of men, being found in the fashion as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death of the cross. Who is this? Well, he, he being in the form of God thought it not robber to be equal with God. That's who it is. So Christ Jesus is not only, and we're going to do a lot of turning here in just a moment, guys. I want us to look at uh, several verses and... I didn't put them on the screen because we have time. It's not a long, a long message today, uh, but we are going to do some turning. Christ Jesus is not only the form of God. Notice what he said. He thought it not robbery to be equal with God. So he's not only the form of God, uh, he is equal to the image of God. Three places I want you to turn. Hebrews chapter 1 to start out with this morning. Hebrews chapter 1. We're going to test your sword drills today. Hebrews chapter 1. We're going to be in verses 1 through 3. The Bible says, God, who at sundry times and in divers manners, speak in times past unto the fathers by the prophets, 
hath in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he had made the world, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Go, to, go with me to 2 Corinthians, if you will. 2 Corinthians in chapter 4. 2 Corinthians in chapter 4. All right, and the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4, in whom the God of this world had blinded the minds of them uh, which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, watch this, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. All right, so again, I, I repeat myself. He's not only the form of God, he is equal to the image of God. Colossians chapter 1 with me real quick. Colossians in chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1, beginning in verse 3. We're going to read all the way down to verse 15. Colossians 1, verse uh, 3, to begin with. We give thanks to God and to the Father, our, our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which ye have to all the saints, for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof ye heard before in the word of the truth, of the gospel, which is come unto you, as it is in all the world, and bringeth forth fruit, as it doth also in you, since the day ye heard of it, and knew the, the grace of God in truth. And ye also learned of, a, of Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is for you a faithful minister uh, of Christ, who also declared unto us your love in the Spirit. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will and in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened uh, with our might according to his glorious power and in all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. So here's what we have, guys. We understand Paul is telling us, again, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God, say, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ. Every right in the world to set up his life to be just like uh, um, to be just about him, to come and rule and reign, to do whatever he wanted to do because everything you know is made by him, made for him, by his goodwill, his good pleasure. He spoke everything to existence. Yet he takes on the form of a servant. He took no form of reputation. He humbled himself to the to the death, even the death of the cross. All of that. That's the servitude's mind. But then, who is this that chose that lifestyle to live on this earth? It is God himself. And we need to understand, again, as we look at this, that he's not only the form of God, he is equal to the image of God, okay? So he's not only equal to the image of God, guys. We need to understand that he claimed the title of God. Isaiah chapter 9, 6. I know we come uh, on the backside of um, Christmas time, and uh, Isaiah 9, 6 is, the, is the, the, one of the verses that we read so often, so heavily during the Christmas time. And, and the Bible says here in Isaiah chapter 9, 6, again, where he claimed that title, Jesus does, okay? For unto us a child is born, okay, that us, if you mark in your Bible, underscore, 
That is not the world. That's not Gentiles. That's not the church, okay? For unto us, that is Israel. Make sure you get it in the right dispensation. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. So he even takes the title that God has, Everlasting Father, if you will. Not only that, guys, but he not only claims the title, but he claims the power as well, the power uh, as well. Let's see if we got that right up there. Uh, where is our power? There it is. Our power. Matthew chapter 26. Turn over with me real quick if you can. Matthew 26. Next time we do something like this, we are, we're going to do sword drills and see who can, who can win. Matthew 26. And uh, I, I will tell you this. I'm, I don't, for some reason, I'm turning to these things real quick. I mean, I'm flipping them and I'm right there. So praise the Lord for that. Maybe, uh, maybe the Lord's being kind to everyone for the time this morning. Matthew 26, 64 says, Command therefore uh, that the sepulchre be made sure unto the third day, lest his disciples come by night and steal, steal him away. It's Acts 27. Sorry, I was off, wasn't I? Jesus saith unto him, Thou hast said, Nevertheless, I say unto you, Hereafter shall ye see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand, watch this, of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. So not only is he equal with God, he claims the title, Isaiah 9, 6. He claims the power, Matthew 26, 24. But he also claims the attributes of God. The attributes of God. John chapter 3 and verse 13. John chapter 3 and verse 13. All right. John chapter 3, verse 13. The Bible says, And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. So we have the title, guys. We have the power. We have the attributes of God. Uh, fifthly, guys, we have the authority of God, which is important. The authority of God. This is the very one who chose no reputation, the very one that humbled himself uh, to the death, even the death of the cross, and, and this, this servitude mindset, if you will. Yet we know who Jesus Christ is. He has the title of God, the power, the attributes, and the authority. Matthew 25. Matthew 25, if you will. Matthew 25, and just kind of look there in verse 31. Uh, again, this is speaking of the second advent. We understand that. But verse 31 says, When the Son of Man shall come in his glory, and all the holy angels with him, and shall, uh, and shall he sit upon the throne of his glory, and before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats, and he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on his his left hand. Okay, so we see that he's sitting on that throne. So he has the authority, guys. Matthew chapter 25. Again, that's the second advent. You can tie that together with 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 10, as well as 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Uh, but that's for another time, another study. So the, the next thing that I want us to see here, guys, we have several to go over. We're looking at he's equal with God. But not only that, it claims his title, it claims his power, his attributes, his authority. But he also has claimed the nature of God, the nature of God, which is vitally important, if you will. Two places I want you to turn, Colossians and in the book of John. So Colossians chapter 1, we see that he's claiming the nature of God now. Colossians chapter 1. And when I say claim, guys, I'm not saying claim as um, someone would, would make a statement. We're saying he's claimed in the way that someone has um, taken a stand or claimed a land or claimed something. We've looked at this here, the nature of God. We've seen this. Uh, we've read Colossians 1, 3 through 15 already. 
And you see here in verses 3 through 10, uh, we give thanks unto God, uh, thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. Skip down, if you will, and look in verse 9. For this cause also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and declare that ye may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that ye may walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing, here we go, in the knowledge of God. And it's important for us to understand that the very same nature that God has, is the very same nature that Jesus Christ has in and of himself. We see this in John chapter 1 as well. John chapter 1, if you look in verses 1 through 4. John chapter 1 and verses 1 through 4. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. Without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. That's the nature of God. All right, everything that is made is made by God. And we can narrow that down specifically even all the way down to who, what part of God, if you will. we got a Holy Trinity, all right? The Holy Trinity is involved in all creation. We know that. We know that to be true. So, but how do we, when we look at creation, we look that everything was made by him. There's nothing that was made and everything is made, if you will, that wasn't made by him. So there's nothing in this world today that exists that's not either is not made by God and consisting by God. Again, I make this point very heavily. Colossians tells us in whom all things consist, every molecule in creation today is held together by the power, by the nature of God in and of himself. And you can't get away from that today. You cannot get away from who and what God is with his authority, his power, with his attributes, with his nature, obviously with the title, and that is by Jesus Christ. All right, so in John 1, this is specifically talking about God. It's even detailed speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Now we go into verse 3 again. All things were made by Him. Without Him was not anything made that was made. Jesus Christ. Okay. He spoke everything into existence. And the way you look at the Trinity, if you will, and then we'll move on to the next point. The way you look at the Trinity in the midst of creation is that God the Father thought it. Okay. God the Son spoke it, and God the Holy Spirit, as the Bible tells us, moved on. The Spirit moved upon the face of the deep. You understand that? That is how we see creation today in all of its existence, and that's how you begin to understand the nature of God in and within Jesus Christ. Amen? So Christ was God manifest. We know this according to 1 Timothy chapter 3 and in verse 16. 1 Timothy chapter 3. Verse 16, very powerful scriptures we know. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up in glory. Not only that, guys, but he brought God's blood with him. You say, wait a second here, what, what does this mean? Well, when you begin to look at what and where we are and you understand uh, the actions of who and what God is. Uh, there, there, there is a remarkable idea when you start to understand what's required to reconcile mankind unto God the Father. Acts chapter 20, verse 28, I'll read it for you. Take heed thereto, 
Uh, take heed, therefore, unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the flock of God. And here's the last part. The flock of God, okay, which he hath purchased with his own blood. That's the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you can't get away from the simple fact that the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ today, the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ is the blood of God. It's a sinless, perfect blood. It is a blood that is without spot, without blemish. It comes from a man who is 100% man, 100% God, all at the same time. And you say, well, why teach and preach? Why is Paul emphasizing that? Paul, again, is coming and trying to tell us, guys, to have the same mind that Jesus Christ chose to have. And again, I promised I wasn't going to reiterate everything from Sunday, but again, who had every right, if anyone did. No one else in this earth has right to make things about themselves. You just don't. Paul tells us to esteem others better than ourselves. Do unto others as you have them do unto you. We've heard that all our life, yeah? No one has the right to make things about them except for Jesus. When Jesus came, he's the only one that has the authority, the position. He's the only one who has the, the absolute positive right to make it all about him. And yet, he took on the role of a servant. And Paul just tells us, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. I mean, he's the form of God. Not only the form of God, uh, guys, uh, he is equal to God. Not only is he equal to God, he claims the title. He has the nature. He has the authority. He has the attributes. He has the power of God. All of those things. And yet he still chose to take on the role of a servant, to humble himself, to become obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. So when we look and we allow ourselves to, to break it down and see who and what God is and what Jesus Christ was on this earth and what, Jesus, what mindset Paul is telling us to have, he's not telling us to have the mindset of the attributes of God, the, the mindset of the power of God, the authority of God, the nature of God. We cannot do that. Tell us to take on the mindset of a servant. Tell us to take on the mindset of being obedient unto him, unto his word, for who Jesus Christ has died for us, that we may be reconciled unto the Father. I'm going to stop there this week. We're going to pick up uh, next week and a few more attributes and a few more characteristics from uh, chapter 2, and then we'll get into a few more verses when we pick up next week. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this time to be together this morning. We pray now that you give us God's grace and mercy. Forgive us where we have failed you. But Lord, I do pray that you would continue to open up your word to us today. Uh, Lord, let us uh, think on and apply throughout the day what we've heard this morning. Uh, Lord, that we may be able to be able to better live a life pleasing to you. Father, again, as we think on the missionaries, Lord, that, that Bailey read about this morning, we, we pray for them, uh, for their each and every endeavor, for those that have been in the ministry for, for a lifetime, a long lifetime, for those that have just started the ministry out and everything in between. Father, we pray that you bless the families, bless every endeavor uh, in their life and all that you've given them to do. So, Father, go with us today in grace. Go with us in the rest of the day. Be with us tonight, Father. And I pray that you would please um, just the name of Christ be lifted up in all we do and all we say. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Amen. Well.